Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. It is betting across America here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Jeff Farles in Colorado. It is James Salinas. James, uh, I'll give the quick Euro 2020 update. Don't need any, don't need any plays from you here as they're about to enter the second half. Uh, high quality half in Munich, Italy two, Belgium one. Right now, Italy a, a heavy favorite over four dollars to advance. Uh, and move or win the match of regulation, I should say, uh, up to one live total at four juice on the over. Uh, Belgium was down to Neil Lukaku with a penalty kick in stoppage time of the first half to at least get the Belgians closer, James. So I'm not done yet with my Belgians futures, but uh, definitely in a little bit of trouble right now as we're heading to the second half in Munich. I'm bringing karma your way right now. <laughs> Cheers to you. Although it's just water in here. We're clear on that. Cheers to you, karma. I, I'm always rooting. We bet against human achievement, except when it's for our fellow sports betting brethren. So I'm on your side, karma, going across the pond. Let's get it done. Come on, Belgium. Let's get it on. If you, uh, James, if you bet the under in this game, you already lost. So, uh, so betting against human achievement in this match was not the way to go in Belgium and Italy. Again, high quality uh, first half in Munich. Winner of that one gets Spain, who advanced in penalty kicks over Switzerland earlier today. 1-1 in regulation. 1-1 uh, all the way through 
extra time. And in Spain, winning the penalty shootout 3-1 to one to advance to Euro 2020. Played in 2021, the semifinals. All those semifinals will take place at Wembley Stadium in England, in London, to be precise, next week. James, uh, let's go to the NBA. Not the games that are still going, but a, a, a big discussion this postseason was the Ben Simmons debacle, we can put it in Philadelphia, uh, through the second round. The uh, Sixers apparently got an offer from the Indiana Pacers, who, uh, again, newly minted head coach and Rick Carlisle, uh, a nice little upgrade for them after a one-year disaster with uh, their first-time head coach, Borkgren. Uh, apparently the offer was, and this is from uh, Bleacher Report, Malcolm Brogdon and a one for Ben Simmons. James, I will say this. If Indiana came with a, either another quality player or an extra one, I would have really considered this if I were Philadelphia, even with the question marks about Brogdon's health going forward and his contract, to get out of Simmons' contract and knowing that this is not going to work long-term again, I would have considered this if I were Philly with an extra piece added from Indiana in that offer. Again, Bleacher Report on the report. Absolutely. And Malcolm Brogdon, yeah, injuries aside, and the, that's that's relative to any any player. But thinking about the game that Malcolm Malcolm Brogdon plays, yeah, not the not the size that you get with Ben Simmons. And but but he is a good ball defender. He's a he he is a very he's a competitive defender on that side of the floor. And I can't say that about a lot of players in the NBA, but Malcolm Brogdon, you can check the box for him uh, as far as his ability to put pressure on the basketball. He can handle the basketball on the other side as can Simmons, but he's, he can, not only can he shoot it, he's not afraid to shoot the basketball is Malcolm Brogdon. He can shoot it from the outside. He has a decent mid range game. He can find his teammates as well. So as far as his all around game, especially when it comes to shooting the basketball, having the confidence to take shots. Yeah. If if that's, I think even the draft picks, piece you're talking about ones i mean it's we're nba the depth of a draft is so short so unless you're a bad basketball team year in and year out and you might potentially be one of those lottery picks and then a lot of times they protect those number ones uh as far as the depending on if you fall into that hopper and get a a good lottery spot i think here yeah aside from forget about the draft picks just malcolm brogdon alone I'm Philadelphia. You're looking to ship him, get out of that contract, get out of the headache that is right now with Ben Simmons because he can't come back to that roster. Brogdon to switch out? Absolutely. I'd be all about it. Forget about the number one pick. I uh, Look, I, 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 if I'm Philadelphia, the best, the first best offer I get that, again, I don't think that's enough what Indiana offered, I would I would get out for a minute. And again, James, it's it's interesting to see at least in Illinois and and I believe in in Colorado as well the the states uh, that these newer providers are offering where will Ben Simmons be on uh, on on tip night in the NBA next year in the 2021 season I I was talking about this with our guy Danny Burke earlier the Minnesota Timberwolves at 40 to one still is the bet for me just because that's a franchise that I would imagine would overpay for Ben Simmons. As we're live here on Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, I'm Jeff Parles. James Salinas live in Denver, as he always is for this program. James, let's go to the NFL. And let's go to, if you're watching us at vsin.com, our, our, our fancy graphic that our great team downstairs put together for teams that have new starting quarterbacks this year. Oh, boy, what a, what a fun time as always to look at this two months away from opening day. And you see Super Bowl odds for teams with new quarterbacks with uh, 
It's funny. The two quarterbacks that swap teams, one is at the top of this list and one is at the bottom of this list. Uh, Matthew Stafford and the L.A. Rams. We'll start there of the teams with new quarterbacks this year. Of course, we're not including Green Bay because we don't know who's going to be playing quarterback yet for the Green Bay Packers. The Rams right now, 12-1 to to win the Super Bowl. And let's start there, James. And I'm high on the Rams. I know you are high on the Rams as well. The big question for me, we know their defense is elite. We know their weapons are really darn good. The big question that this whole year comes down to for L.A. for me is how big of an upgrade does Matthew Stafford end up being over Jared Goff? He's going to be an upgrade. But I'm just not certain if it's as huge of an upgrade as some think. If it is a ginormous upgrade and Stafford becomes a top 10, top five quarterback even in the Sean McVay system, then to me, the Rams to win the NFC West at plus 185, I think that is a tremendous bet this year, James. As far as winning the West and winning the division, I agree with you, Jeff. And thinking about the upgrade with Stafford coming into that position. Now, yeah, not much of a track record when it comes to playoffs and pl- wins. And he's never won in the playoffs. And, yeah, bad football teams that he was on there with Detroit and had to carry them offensively. And he had come into this roster here with the Rams as well as the coaching staff. Tremendous upgrade for Stafford to get out of Detroit and be able to go to Los Angeles and pair up with head coach McVay. I think that's what's going to be interesting to see for this Rams offense is I I like McVay. I I like some of these young coaches coming in and and some of the – think about McVay with the Rams, think about Shanahan there. Now, a lot of pedigree behind Shanahan as far as his lineage and NFL lineage goes, but uh, the the play calling that comes. And I think we saw for McVay, he really had to dial things back when it came to Jared Goff and really put him, he knew Jared Goff's limitations and did his best to design game plans from week to week to maximize the strengths of Jared Goff. And it really, I think, limited his play calling ability, kind of closed half the playbook for McVay. Well, now what does that look like for Stafford coming in there? We know he's got the big arm. The kid, He's definitely a tough guy too, plays through a ton of injuries, has done that his whole career. Uh, now with Stafford, maybe this is going to be a great match where Stafford's going to have uh, not only the weapons you talked about, a good offensive line, and a great defense on the other side to where he's not going to feel like I have to get in shootouts week in and week out to sustain and drop back 35, 40, 45 times a game because we have to continue to 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 match scores because our defense can't get stops. That's not going to be the case there with Los Angeles. So thinking for Stafford, yeah, I think it's the kind of it's going to be interesting to see, but I think sky's the limit not only for Stafford but for McVay to actually put back the full playbook into his arsenal on that offensive side. I think it's going to be a great match there. And uh, yeah, as far as winning the West, I'm right there with you. I think it's uh, San Francisco, the other side, obviously, is going to be the contender. I I think Seattle's playing for third in that division. But, yeah, winning the West for one, but they're still in the same conference with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and this is a team that I just can't get in front of right now. I just think Tampa's going to have a spectacular season, so to say that the Rams can go and win the Super Bowl, wrong conference. To win the Super Bowl, you got to get to the Super Bowl, and I don't think they're going to be able to get past the Bucs. The one one thing I will say, and again, you can't really take anything from Tampa's regular season last year, James. You just can't because Brady was still figuring it out. The defense was still uh, piecing it fully together as that season went along. You have to look more of what Tampa was the last month of the season in the regular season and obviously the run to their second Lombardi trophy. Uh, So, look, I tend to agree with you. I think, to me, 
the Rams are clearly the second team in the in the NFC, though. So I'm willing to take a shot at plus 525 to win the NFC with them being the second team. But especially if Tampa gets the one seed in this and the and the run to the Super Bowl goes through Raymond James, it may be a little tough for the Rams to go on the road and win in Tampa. Again, not the most intimidating place, but look, the one thing you do know about Florida, regardless of when you're there, James, you know it's going to be humid. And at SoFi Stadium, obviously indoors. So it's going to be a little bit different for the Rams if they have to go on the road in the playoffs to Tampa. Yeah, yeah, and then just the championship medal that we've seen and mm-hmm. Tom Brady and this team coming back together. I think that's the biggest advantage. For, if all the you talked about back. <laughs> exactly the whole the entire team on both sides of the football, and now a full off season to actually work through. Like you talked about, it's hard to take away anything from last year's regular season for Tampa because it was a work in progress. Didn't have a whole lot of OTAs and have those opportunities for Brady coming over, new teammates, new system, etc. And no play and no preseason games either so now having this full off season to be able to work all those it's only getting bigger and better for that team and like I said Jeff I usually tend to go against teams I don't like to back teams that have won the championship the year before but right now this is just this is a different team because you have a different player uh, so driven when we're talking about Tom Brady James let's go to another high profile mover this offseason Carson Wentz and the Indianapolis Colts let's go there and to win the Super Bowl odds at BetMGM, they're 25 to 1, AFC 12 to 1, a division. They aren't a favorite. They're plus 105 at BetMGM. And, James, this is very simple. What is Carson Wentz at this point? That is the question. The question is simple. The answer is not. We have no idea what Carson Wentz is going to be. I feel pretty confident in saying that Carson Wentz is never going to be anywhere close to the MVP caliber level he was the year that Philly won the Super Bowl without him where he tore his ACL. But it's hard. It's it's just hard to see him last year be one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL and think, hmm, this guy is basically Mark Sanchez 2.0 now, which is what he was last year in Philadelphia. He gets reunited with Frank Reich, who obviously a lot of success with Reich uh, as his offensive coordinator that year, James. But for me, the hesitation with Indianapolis is, it's, I don't know what Carson Wentz is at this point. And if you made me project, if you said, hey, you got to say what he's going to be, I would lean towards that he's a bottom half NFL starter now as opposed to being a top half starter. And that would be bad news for Indianapolis going forward. I think for Wentz being able to reunite with Frank Reich, I think Frank Reich knows who he is. And that's going to be, sometimes players just need a fresh start too. Yeah, physically, is Wentz going to be what he used to be? He's not. Not only his ACL, he's had so many really debilitating injuries. So having to fight through that, but he's not alone in that capacity. All these guys are having to fight through a lot of injuries and surgeries, et cetera. But I think for Wentz, a fresh start getting out of Philadelphia, a we were just talking about some other players that need to get out of Philadelphia, different sport there, but tough market to, to, to be a competitor. And I think for Wentz, he always was feeling that I think he's been trying to validate himself because he was not the quarterback that led the Eagles to that Super Bowl run a few years back and, and being back on the field, feeling like I could have done the same if I was in that position, if I wouldn't have been hurt and been available here for once, yeah, being not only reunited with Frank Wright, getting out of the NFC, getting 
out, going into the different conference, and then really going into what is, in my mind, the weakest division in all of football. We're talking the AFC South. You're going to have four games to play against the rebuilding Jacksonville Jaguars team, and I, I don't even know if we can call it a rebuild there in Houston. And talk about damage control. <laughs> a lot of issues going on down there, right, with the Texans. So just a, a mess of a team. You get there's four games right there in that division, and then playing a Tennessee team that, yeah, offensively, uh, they're going to be fun to watch, but defensively, they're going to need to be fun to watch offensively because they're going to have to keep up with the poorest defense that is the Tennessee Titans. So I think the matchup there is good for him to go to back with Frank Wright, reunite there, as well as then look at the personnel that are there with the Colts. Defensively, great run defense. I love the the front seven for the Colts. And then I love that offensive line as well. Uh, that great offensive line that I think for Philadelphia, they had some good pieces, but they were oft injured when you're talking about Lane Johnson and a few of the other veterans on that former Philadelphia team up front. This is a tremendous offensive line, so it's not going to be all on Wentz's shoulders, Jeff, to say, here's the football. We need you to go out and put up 30-plus points a game and make all the big plays, play within the offense. We'll play to your strengths, Carson uh, Wentz, and we're going to be able to win football games. You don't have to win every game for us. You don't have to make every big play for us. We got plenty of other playmakers on both sides of the football to get that done. Frank Reich understands that, and I think this is going to be a good opportunity for Wentz to get out of Philadelphia and get a fresh start in his career. James, let's go to New Orleans because this is – we don't know who's actually going to start. If I were running things, and again, I, I'm no Sean Payton, I understand that, it's Jameis Winston. This is his time. He, again, is an actual quarterback, <laughs> regardless of what you think of Taysom Hill. I, I, I would not start him, but – Look, uh, James, uh, New Orleans, to me, Tampa's clearly better than them. The Saints are not making a Super Bowl this year. They're not winning a Super Bowl this year. But as you go into different uh, different markets, like to be a wild card, like we talked about yesterday, where you can get around plus 300 on them to be a wild card in the NFC, uh, that's where you start really considering New Orleans, at least bettability-wise. Uh, because, again, if Jameis is the guy, I have to imagine Jameis is at least – going to do one thing better than he did in Tampa Bay, and that's protect the football. You have to imagine he's not going to have anywhere near another 30 touchdown, 30 interception campaign like he did in 2019 can't get any worse obviously so and I don't think that's where Sean Payton yeah that's the biggest question I'm right there with you Jeff is I think for yeah should it be Winston as far as pure passing ability and the quarterback to stand tall in the pocket and make the throws yeah it's Jameis Winston but do we trust what's between the ears with Jameis Winston and does Sean Payton want to get away from what his it's really his this is his project has been Taysom Hill for the last handful of years now we know Hill goes in and, and will go in for a series and and really, it's it's running the football with different power packages. But he also dabbled a little bit last year in the passing game with Taysom Hill, not to the full extent of what you would expect for a quarterback to take over as a starting quarterback for a full now 17-game NFL season. I just don't know. Sometimes coaches get, are really stubborn. Jeff, right. just like, <laughs> this is what I'm doing. I can make this work. I know, you know, this thinking about Sean Payton, I can make this work. We can get this done with Taysom Hill. I love his competitiveness. I'd love what we could do with the play sheet. And maybe, I, I just, that's too big of a question mark for me. As far as the division is concerned, for sure, it's Tampa's the class of that division and, and it's New Orleans playing for second. Could they get that wild card? Absolutely. They get a good offensive line. Plenty of playmakers out there to make plays to help out, whether it's Taysom Hill and or Jameis Winston. It's good 
good pieces on the defensive side. Always can count on a great pass rush coming from New Orleans. And then you will have fans back in that Superdome this coming year. And that is always an advantage for New Orleans when they're playing at home. So I think as far as being able to take a wild card spot and get to the playoffs, absolutely. That's where I would go. Not going to win the division, but they are definitely a contender to make the playoffs as one of those wild card teams in the NFC. And also speaking of offensive line, the Saints just gave Ryan Ramchek a huge yeah. extension, a five-year, $96 million extension. So again, look, the Saints are one team that you know they're going to value the offensive line. I know everyone does, but some teams do a better job of putting it together uh, than uh, New Orleans. Not many teams do a better job uh, than the Saints have over the years. Uh, but again, I, again, it, it, their prospects, again, to me, if it's Winston, I'm more in, the, in on them. If it's Hill... I don't see it. They're more like if it's Hill starting week one, I would be inclined to bet a win total under for New Orleans if Hill is their week one starter. Let's go to the the NFC East here. Washington football team, Fitzmagic. Let's go. Another team for Fitzmagic. And look, the elusive playoff appearance for Ryan Fitzpatrick, if it's going to happen, James, I think this is a pretty good chance for it. The, uh, the football team at plus 250, to win the NFC East again, I don't think they're capable of winning an NFC. They just still don't have enough to get by a Tampa or an LA Rams or again if Green Bay is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so twenty to one to win the NFC, fifty to one to win the Super Bowl. I would not even consider those. But to win the NFC East at plus two fifty, especially with all the question marks surrounding Dallas, it, it, to me it's those two teams and Washington's defense is the best unit in the division, James. I would very happily, if you're going to give me plus 250 on football team to win the NFC East, I'll be all over it, James. Right there with you again. I think I agree. I think that NFC is one of the worst divisions in the NFL uh, and Washington football team talking about, let's just go. You talked about Fitzpatrick coming there and that's what they didn't get last year with Alex Smith. We know Alex Smith and, and, Kudos to him for coming back, devastating injury, coming back. And I think everybody was rooting for him. Football fans, sports fans, sports bettors alike rooting for Alex Smith to be able to come back and, and play well. And we just know his style of play and is really the check down style. And it's going to not make and take big chances. That is the opposite of Fitzmagic out there. Let's get out there, gunslinger. I'm not afraid. Let's go and, and get after it. And we're going to see that. And there's some young talent out there at the wide receiver position for Washington, a good offensive line. And then the other side of the football, the defense. I mean, is there a better front four right now in the NFL than what we're going to see out of the Washington football team? Like their linebackers, too. Don't love the safety piece, but I don't know how long they're going to have to cover just with that relentless pass rush we're going to see out of the Washington football team. So to win the division, absolutely. Not to be able to win the conference. I think it's, you talked about it, the Rams and the Bucks, class of the NFC, and Washington's making strides. But then the other piece, too, Ron Rivera, a great job of having to go in and change. Talk about dysfunction. I think they just got fined $10 million for yeah. a lot of the dysfunction that was going on, not on the field, but off the field, in the front office, et cetera. Uh, but having to come in as that coach and really right the ship and say, this is a, a accountability that we're going to have and a whole new culture of what it looks like to be a professional. We saw that out of Ron Rivera. That part, the hard part is done. Now it's getting out there and putting this, the, a lot of talent out there on the field to go out and compete in a weak division there in the NFC East. I'm right there with you plus 250 to win make mine the washington football team yeah you look it, it, it great defense and this is again the one concern i do have though we are on track for the disastrous fitzpatrick here that we have seen plenty of times after having a good year like he did last year when playing in miami when we get back here on betting across america we're gonna chase the ace 
on the diamond here on Vison. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my, my dance, dance. Bro. Ron Flatter Racing Pod covers racing and race. Jonathan Kinchin of Fox Sports discusses the first half of the racing year as well as progress that the sport may or may not have made in the past year to answer diversity questions. 
Trainer Mike Stidham talks about Dubai World Cup winner Mystic Guide and his comeback in tomorrow's Suburban Stakes at Belmont. South Point Sportsbook Director Chris Andrews handicaps this weekend's races. And, of course, as always, go download the Ron Flatter Racing Pod every Friday morning at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. And, as always, sponsored by First Bet. It is betting across America here on VSIN. I'm Jeff Parles. James Salinas with us, as always. James, we're going to chase the ace now in Major League Baseball, and we'll start in nation's capital. Uh, the weather had other ideas in that one yesterday, only a five-inning game. James, did you end up did you end up staying off the under in the first five? Okay. Yeah, good. there was a pitching change. Good, it was good a pitching change, off. so I put – yeah, well, and that's the point, right? <laughs> if there's a lot of them just do action, but we have built, you know, there's some books that you go in and make sure you can put your list of pitchers, which I did. And then ultimately there was a, a scratch in the pitching rotation. So that was a null and void bet. So, yeah, I was able to stay away from that and then had to sweat out those other two crazy games. But we'll get to those. Yeah, those, uh, yeah, that, that, uh, that one in Denver last night was an interesting one. We'll, we'll just leave it at that. Uh, but the Nats uh, hosting the Dodgers tonight and – at least earlier in the day, James, you could get Max, and you still can, Max Scherzer as an underdog at home, which you don't see very often. Right now, plus 107. And here are the props for Scherzer tonight. Seven and a half strikeouts, two and a half earned runs, 17 and a half outs, which might as well be under under uh, over under six full innings for Scherzer. This is a perfect situation for Scherzer. It always feels like when he's a dog, he goes out and it's it's like he knows that he's an underdog that night and goes out and just lights the world on fire. So for me, over on strikeouts, under on earned runs, over on the uh, over on the seventeen and a half outs, everything where we are pro Max Scherzer tonight would be my plays on this chasing of the ace. We're we're hanging out together because I'm right there with you. We <laughs> talked about karma. I'm all about it. Ed Scherzer. You know, I think he got he's he's one of the most competitive pitchers in baseball. We know that, and he brings it. And I think he not lit a fire that a couple of weeks back against Girardi and Girardi calling him out and having the umpires go out during an inning. It's one thing they've been doing in checking in between innings. During an inning, you saw how feisty and fired up Scherzer had to go. They had a, the umpires running their hands through his sweaty mess of a head. <laughs> so hey, I, I mean, I love Scherzer in this spot here. You talked about a dog and these these player props. Yeah, I think the the thing with Scherzer. Here's the other piece, too. We know it does get really hot and humid in the nation's capital when they play these games. The weather is going to be very mild. It's only going to be in the 70s. Low humidity tonight as well, so I think we'll be able to see an extended version of Scherzer because the the heat and humidity is not going to impact his pitching ability. Now he's going to go face the defending champs. Yeah, give me Scherzer in each one of the... Every which way. Maybe not the earned runs because he will give up the home run, although he's been pretty well. Only given up one home run in his last four starts, but he'll eat some, he'll eat some innings. He'll eat some runs. They're not afraid to start pulling if he gives up a, a run or two. So maybe I'll stay away from the earned run piece. But when it comes to the strikeouts and the innings pitch, give me Scherzer on both of those. Yeah, I, this feels like a long start for Scherzer. Uh, I, I'm, I'm least confident on the earned runs one. That's uh, my least confident. Uh, that would be the stay away if we were still playing, praying, yeah. or staying away here on the program. But uh, uh, Scherzer, the over seven and a half strikeouts, I like that the most by far. That feels That feels awfully low. Uh, tonight uh, against the Dodgers. I also like the Nats to win that game, actually, plus 107. If you're going to give me that with Scherzer, especially with how hot the Nats have been recently, uh, that's going to be very difficult for me to pass up, and I likely 
we'll bet that uh, as we get closer to first pitch in D.C. Let's go to uh, let's go to the south side. Technically, Detroit tonight for the Southsiders. The White Sox on the road at Comerica against the Tigers. Lance Lynn on the mound. He's had his struggles recently in comparison to how good he was early in the year. James, six and a half strikeouts, two and a half earned runs, 17 and a half out. Same exact numbers, except the strikeouts are down one for Lynn from Scherzer. Where would you go with this for Lance Lynn props tonight against Detroit? They're correlated. Go with the outs over the 16 and a half, uh, 17 and a half outs. It's a lot of outs, but he'll get six innings and the strikeouts as well. Six, six and a half. But looking at this rate uh, with Lynn going up against the Tigers lineup, they're second in all of Major League Baseball as far as striking out. They're just trailing the Tampa Bay Rays, who uh, they're, they're no fear or no shame in striking out anymore. So the strikeout piece for Lynn, for one. The other piece, too, is I think for Lynn uh, had his last start cut short due to rain. Only he threw less than 50 pitches the last one, so his arm's going to be loose and ready. Uh, I think the strikeouts are correlated with the outs against the bad Tigers lineup. Give me Lynn over the outs as well as the strikeouts. No play for me on Lance Lane, so follow James on that correlated play. When we get back, Alex Barutha of Roto-Wire to talk some NBA next on Betting Across America. This summer, it's time to update your sports betting wardrobe with some new VEASAN gear. We've got hats, shirts, and mugs with the VEASAN logo or fun sports betting sayings like cash and tickets is what it's all about. And it's not under till it's over. Visit VEASAN, the VEASAN store today at VEASAN.com slash store to find the perfect item for yourself or for someone else. Nice little gift. Nice Christmas in July action, if you please. That's VEASAN.com slash store. It is betting across America. I'm Jeff Barles, James Salinas in Denver. And now with us, it's Alex Barutha of Roto-Wire, an NBA editor for Roto-Wire with us right now. Alex, thanks for being with us today. Let's just dive right in. Game number five last night, Milwaukee handling Atlanta, 123-112 behind the dynamic duo of Portis and Lopez, like we all expected. Uh, just, Just what was your biggest takeaway from that one last night? Again, Milwaukee. Uh, winning without Giannis. Biggest takeaway was just the role players stepping up in general. I mean, I think this Milwaukee team has had some issues. You know, Drew Holiday has been inconsistent at a lot of points throughout this playoffs. Uh, Brooke Lopez often has been stuck uh, at the perimeter. And I think maybe ultimately, I mean, this Bugenholzer's coaching has come under fire a lot during these playoffs, especially during the Nets series. I was pretty vocal about that myself. But they made a lot of adjustments, especially on defense. They switched more. They put Lopez in the paint to exploit mismatches. Um, you know, they were able to play a five-out offense. I, I just thought this was some great, you know, confidence. It was a nice uh, punch in the mouth to the Hawks team um, from a Bucks team that I think a lot of times has looked like they're going to waver and they're going to lay down. 
Well, Alex, and we think about the Bucks, and it just they're they're from roster wise, even with Giannis, and we know Trey Young out on the other side for the Hawks, uh, more experienced team for sure, and more and a, I guess a deeper team we could say. But ultimately, it just comes. I, I feel like for me, my handle on the on the Bucks is really difficult because they don't always de- decide to show up and be aggressive. I think with Giannis out, obviously very aggressive attack, attacking the basket from a variety of different players. You talked about the role players and Portis stepping up and. Brooke Lopez deciding to expose, you know, put himself in there to utilize his his strength and size against that interior for Atlanta. I'm wondering, you talked about adjustments on the Milwaukee side. What adjustments can you see coming forward in game three and game six tomorrow for the Atlanta side on the interior defensively if the Bucs decide that they want to show up in game six and be aggressive offensively again? Well, Atlanta has to make sure to keep Clint Capella um, Brooke Lopez as well as they can. A lot of times it's easier said than done because he he still will hang around the perimeter, right? Capella can't guard out there either, but they have to put maybe multiple bodies on Brooke Lopez if he gets down there because um, he's not really a passer. You know, if, I'm someone who, who's watched a lot of bucks throughout the season. When Brooke gets the ball down in that post, he will not pass it. So if you can find a way to double team him, um, force the bucks to kick out two shooters who are sometimes underperforming, you know, PJ Tucker, spotty three-point shooter, Drew Holiday, spotty three-point shooter. And the Bucks throughout the playoffs have just been a terrible three-point shooting team. Um, some of that's Giannis dragging the percentage down, but even in this game, the Bucks only shot 31% from three um, and 72% from the free throw line. So if you're Atlanta, maybe you just try to make sure they're shooting outside shots instead of killing you in the paint, because if there's one thing the Bucks do well, it's they can get into the paint. You know, guys like Middleton can get into the mid-range. So I think it's just keeping – got to keep Milwaukee out of the paint because they've rebounded well too. Alex Barutha with us right now here on uh, Betting Across America. Alex, of course, works for Roto-Wire, talking NBA right now, an NBA editor for Roto-Wire. Just, uh, Alex, just looking forward here. I, again, I, I, have, I have no sense at all anymore in this series, to be completely honest with you, because – we don't know Trey Young's status. You got to imagine Giannis is not going to play tomorrow night. Right now, Atlanta laying two with a total of 216. What, what do you do with this uh, from a betting perspective? Or do you just stay off and look for an in game opportunity? I wouldn't blame anybody for staying off of this. Um, although, you know, kind of before game five, I was thinking, well, you know, because game four was a desperation spot for Atlanta. They lost Trey Young, backs against the wall at home. Uh, they were able to pull that one out. And I'm sure they were going to pull that one out before Giannis uh, got injured. That wasn't the reason the Hawks ended up winning that game. Game five was essentially the same scenario for the Bucs. Giannis is out. Um, not exactly backs against the wall, but they're still desperate. It's at home. They come out with more energy. Um, they play extremely well. And now you kind of wonder if the same thing is going to happen. It's just going to go back and forth like this. Atlanta might, you know, maybe wins uh, game six here. And then you go back to Milwaukee where Giannis potentially has a chance. Uh, to come back, I think you know if I if I had to if I really wanted to get action on this game six, maybe you look at uh, you know Atlanta uh, for the quarter or for the half potentially because again at home desperation they come out with high energy. I could see them getting off to a, a great start, similar to how the Bucks did uh, in game five. So maybe if you can find like a first quarter uh, Hawks line, that would be something I would consider because usually the home team just comes out with a tongue of energy. Uh, in this situation. 
Alex, and I think one of the way we were talking about this before, when you have such star players questionable, and even if they get it back onto the court, don't know to what capacity how effective they're going to be because they're not going to be 100%. We've been trying to dig in to the prop market to find angles to bet on some of these games, and we did that last night for, for Game 5. Now, moving forward to the prop market for Game 6, thinking about Milwaukee and how aggressive they were, if, we, if we're assuming that Giannis is not going to be available and the aggressiveness that we saw, not only out of Brooke Lopez, as well as Porter being able to step in there and, and find the basket, put the ball in the basket, but especially Drew Holiday. We saw a different Drew Holiday. A lot of times it feels, seems doesn't always seem as, as aggressive and plays more passive sometimes than what I think we're, what we think he should play like. Drew Holiday right now, with whether it's his, he was able to cap over 10 assists last night, had multiple 20-plus points. He's sitting there at 23.5 points again. Thinking about the prop market here, in particular for Drew Holiday, facilitating that offense, what kind of game do we you expect to see out of Drew Holiday come Game 6 tomorrow? I, I had the over on Holiday's points prop for, for Game 5, so I was pretty optimistic on him. Um, you know, A lot of that came from looking at the on-off court numbers with Giannis out this season. Holiday gets the biggest bump in usage of any player on the box, only uh, just ahead of Chris Middleton. Or I should say any rotation player. Um, Holiday's a lot more aggressive, takes like five more shots per 36 minutes with Giannis out. I think you can continue to ride with Holiday. I actually thought he could have been more aggressive down the stretch uh, in terms of scoring. He started off hot uh, and then kind of laid uh, back and played a facilitating role. But... You know, I, I I think you can maybe do Holiday, you know, over uh, his, his points and assist prop. That's something I would consider because he's high usage. He's Alex Barutha. You can find his great work at RotoWire. He's an assistant NBA editor for them. Alex, thank you for being with us today. Of course, thanks for having me. You got it. Coming back, we'll look at the MLB slate for a Friday. A lot of good matchups on the board. We'll break them down next. As we continue on on Big Betting Across America on VSIN. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with five good things. 
a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley, and this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline, and welcome to Talk Talk, John. We've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, <laughs> Discover BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Sign up today and win $100 if you place a $1 wager on any NBA playoff game. And and if either team hits a three-pointer, regardless of your bet's outcome, you win your bet. Simply use bonus code VSIN100 when you place your first bet. That's VSIN100. On the BetMGM out on the BetMGM app, I should say. Enjoy the playoffs more than ever with BetMGM. It's a new customer only paid in free bets. Visit bet, BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 or older to make a wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, Washington, D.C. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text Redline 1-800- 889-9789 in Indiana call 1-800-9-WITHED and the promotional offer not available in Nevada it is betting across America I'm Jeff Parles, James Salinas with us in Colorado happy to be with you on the Friday before 4th of July 4th of July weekend uh, get the grill fired up happy you're with us here uh, to start off your 4th of July weekend James we already talked about the game you're most, most interested in on the Major League Baseball slate, but let's just go back to it. Max Scherzer and the Nats hosting Julio Urias and the Dodgers tonight. The Nats plus 107 at home with Scherzer. Uh, surprise there to see Max at home as an underdog against anyone, but lo and behold, here you go tonight. And Max Scherzer again, we talked about it a little bit earlier. It seems like he knows when he's a betting underdog and comes out and has a monstrous performance. 
they probably knows even more so now. I think aren't they take aren't they booking action inside the yes, stadium? They, yes, they yes they are. Yes, sir. Ben there and you Giannis. go. Well now now he can go right to the kiosk and or maybe have somebody covertly go to the kiosk for him <laughs> and, and bet on himself and his team and as well as the all those props that we talked about earlier. I do. I like Scherzer in this spot. Yeah, small dog and not a deep big dog there, but playing at home. Uh, in this case, I think Scherzer he's always a competitive bulldog up on that mound anyhow, but you know, a couple starts ago that national national TV game against the uh, Philadelphia Phillies and Girardi calling him out and he getting to having a stare down. Like I love Scherzer. I love the way he competes out there on the mound. Give me competitors any day of the week. And especially a player like Max Scherzer. I think this is a great spot for him to go. And Dodgers aren't a, uh, you know, they're at middle of the road when it comes to strikeouts, they do take a pretty good approach at the plate. Uh, but Scherzer's a different beast when he's on the mound especially a motivated Scherzer, which he typically is. But in this case here, pitching at home, we talked about this one too. Weather is not going to be a factor. Weather's a lot of, there's a few games out East right now where rain is going to be an issue and may get canceled. Uh, but in this case here, it's just going to be cloudy. No rain expected as well as not. The heat's going to be a low index heat in the low seventies as well as the humidity. So it's not going to be a typical July type of start out there in, in the DC area that he'll have to contend with. And I think that'll allow him to stretch out and he's always good for 100 plus pitches issues or anyhow so yeah absolutely I think the one well, only one concern Trey Turner is he going to be in the lineup was not in the lineup yesterday Soto was so not a hamstring injury for him a couple nights back Trey Turner did jam his fingers sliding into a base did not play yesterday due to swelling not sure if he'll be in the lineup something to check out but even if Turner is not in he's been pitting the ball very well love to have him in the lineup but even if he's not there we're banking on Scherzer to go out and deal against the Dodgers tonight I like him at home, a small dog price, but I'll take the Nats. I uh, I'm with you. I again, you just don't see this very often with the Nat with, with Scherzer at home. It doesn't usually matter to the opponent, especially too. Like it would have been one thing too. Like and Urias has been really good for the most part this year, James. Like Walker Bueller on the mound for the Dodgers or Kershaw. Like that would make a little more sense. But Urias is just—it's surprising to see this price. Really is. Yeah, I think it's just the market value for the Dodgers. It's been that way all season long. It was that way in the offseason with their season win total, 150 games or whatever crazy number was posted out there for the Dodgers to to exceed. And, you know, they're the defending champs, and they're going to get everybody's best shot. But, yeah, it's just uh, maybe a little overvalue with the market there with with the Dodgers all season long, kind of indicative. But, yeah, with the with the way. And, and now with, yeah, if Turner's not in the lineup, that hurts because he has been hitting really well out of two. Oh, we've already seen what Schwarber has been doing the last what three weeks hitting the baseball the way that he has and I think here just the Nats playing at home and I like the weather favorable here so we can get an extended start out of Scherzer because it, it is it, when you're when it's hot and humid out there not that he's not used to it because he is but I think it's also beneficial for the duration of the game for his endurance to be able to get out there and throw 100 plus pitches get at least 18 outs in this case here hitting that prop over the 17 and a half outs uh, it's juiced you got to pay so it's 140 ish or so that you got to pay the juice for Scherzer but to me they're all correlated here I like the strikeout total as well as the outs pitched as well as the Nats to win the game in full nine innings let's uh, look at another game on the slate that uh that caught my eye a little bit as it always does look I'm a Mets fan there's there's no arguing that the Subway Series games have a little extra juice for me Mets at Yankees tonight uh, uh Taiwan Walker will get the ball for the Mets and I, I James I know the Mets have struggled offensively and another game where last night, 
Jacob DeGrom gives up the most earned runs that he did in the start all year long. Gave up three in the first and then nothing else after that. And the Braves found a way to get it done against the Mets in the ninth inning on a uh, on a pinball shot to walk it off with that. Walker Montgomery, I, I, James, uh, this has moved about 15 cents overnight uh, towards the Yankees with the way that the Yankees have looked over the last the last uh, month plus, really the whole season. I, I, it's hard for me to pass up a plus 135 uh, in that in that area on the Mets tonight uh, with a pretty normal-ish looking lineup for them with Brandon Nimmo coming off the IL for the first time in over a month. Yeah, I don't want to bet the Yankees here. Now, I've been, uh, as far as Montgomery is concerned as the starter, I've been betting against him when he's been on the road. He's actually, his splits, he's pitched much better at home in that small ballpark there in the Bronx in Yankee Stadium, kind of interesting enough, uh, has pitched much better at home than he has out on the road. But here's another piece. Consider this. We talk about pitching and, and knowing what the weather is going to look like for those starting pitchers. Could be some rain rolling out there in the east, up there in the Bronx. So keep an eye on the weather report. Hate to get involved with if you're betting pitchers in this case here. Yeah, the, the plus price there with the Mets. Taiwan Walker has been surprisingly really good. It did have a bad start a couple weeks ago against the Nationals. But ultimately, all season long, very consistent and a good innings eater, too, getting out there throwing six throwing seven innings he had multiple seven inning starts a few starts back as well so being able to get out there and eat some innings and keep the Mets bullpen it's sitting on the bench there yeah I love the plus plus price is enticing but I think here I want to see the weather report get a little closer what does that look like because I don't want to have a bet impacted by whether we saw that the other night Right against the Angels, where that, that I don't know what time that ended. What two o'clock in the morning out there in New York? <laughs> it was a late game, multiple weather delays, and I think that always impacts not only the starting pitching, but clearly impacted that bullpen for the Yankees because they couldn't hold that late inning lead and gave up what seven or eight to the Angels mm-hmm. in that ninth inning. So, seven. Yeah, I'm with you. I think if I'm going to play this, it would be the Mets or nothing for me. So, uh, James, let's let's go to the ice. We. Uh, We've been, we haven't talked much because, at least in my brain, this, again, you can't, you can't ever doubt seeing craziness in the Stanley Cup playoffs. But this series, unless if something really changes, I don't see how Montreal comes back here. It, this feels like Tampa is either lifting the cup on Monday in a four-game sweep or two days later in Tampa Bay in front of their home crowd on Wednesday uh, again, the price is obviously down. We're in Canada, first time uh, that the Canadians will be hosting a cup final game since they won it in 93. Uh, but, but James, uh, minus 128 on the Lightning, uh, total five. To me, this is, uh, this is Tampa in the under for tonight's game, James. Uh, that would be the way I would play this one. And usually for me, when I take a, a position, whether it's a side or a total, I won't do the opposite. I won't take the other. And in this case here, I'm not going to play the side. I think I'm rooting for the Canadians to win just so we can have actually an extended Stanley Cup so we don't see a sweep because, yeah, if they lose tonight, now you're down 0-3. Most likely the sweep is coming. So I'm rooting for the Canadians to win so we can stretch out this Stanley Cup final a little bit. But I'm going to play the under here. And I see the juices going up. It's sitting at five, starting to get juice 
just a little higher. So maybe I'll wait right now. It's even money to take the under. And just looking at where these, thinking about the two goaltenders for one, Carey Price been tremendous all all playoffs long for the Canadians. And I think defensively, you saw what they did and they were able to really shut down the Vegas Golden Knights. Their multiple lines, a lot of depth on that Vegas Golden Knights team, as well as the power play. They were perfect as far as their penalty kill went against Vegas's power play, 17-0 and in those opportunities. And I think the other thing here is they've been just as good against Tampa in this series. Not a lot of goals to be had because you think about the goaltending on the other side with Vasilevsky in between the pipes for Tampa and at 42 saves so far in game two on 43 shots. He has only given up two goals and both of those goals, Jeff, were from from deep and they were redirected. So the both of them were deflected a couple times, I think, to get through the net. So just not a lot of scoring opportunities right now for the Canadians. And you'll see the the effort is clearly going to be on the side with the Canadians. They're desperate, desperate place to be 0-2. You're coming back home. And yeah, I would favor the Canadians if I was going to take a side. But in this case here, I'm just going to stick with the total. I'll wait to see if, if that uh, that plus price right now sitting at even money to play the under under five that's the only play that i'm going to make i'm going to bet the total i'm going to go under i'll just wait a little bit to see if i can get maybe a little bit of juice better plus price on my side but under play for me tonight game three of the stanley cup final that is an 805 puck drop at Centre bell in montreal again the lightning looking to go up three games to none and looking for back-to-back cups, it would be the first time since the Penguins did it not too long ago, 2015-2016, beating Nashville and San Jose in those two cup runs. James, it's always fun to do this show with you. It's always fun. Hey, and you knew what day it was today. I did. Happy that was the Friday biggest win of all. <laughs> hey, hey, so have a great weekend. Happy 4th of July to you, my friend. Good luck on all your bets this week. You as well. Every every single thing you said. Uh, same uh, wishes to you as well, James Salinas. I'm Jeff Parles. This has been Betting Across America. My guys in the desert, Danielle Alvari, Wes Reynolds, next here on Visa. Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. 
Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. There's plenty to celebrate in March and Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free.